talk about it, we're not going to say anything funny or. No, I want to hear what's natural about it. I want to hear. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of I Can Do This All Day. I'm Dan, the part time adventure, and with me is Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Today, we are doing our Labor Day extravaganza episode. Um, we all have jobs. And sometimes those jobs are good, and sometimes those jobs are otherwise. And uh, today we decided to take a, a deep dive into what is considered by many to be the best movie about having an otherwise job, and that's Office Space. Um, really excited to talk through this one. Uh, I know we both are are pretty high on it. And uh, if you stay tuned until the end of the podcast, and I know that's asking a lot because we can get pretty long-winded we're also going to give you a bonus labor day special send-off right because you know labor day sales you always get something extra um we're going to give you our top five work-related movies that are not office space that's right mark so yeah when it comes down to work i am a big fan of hearing people talk shit about work or not talk about work so if if I have to hear about work, I'm okay with people talking shit about it. And so why not review a movie where all it is is the main character shitting on his job? So Office Space, um, when did you hear about this movie or when did you see this movie? I'm curious to hear your origin. Um, I heard about and watched this movie well after it came out. Well, on, 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 I probably saw it on cable randomly, but I did not become a huge super fan of it until I was deep into the workforce, right? Until a couple of years into my, um, my, my tenure with a certain global telecommunications company. And, uh, yeah, yeah. After many, many cases of the Mondays. Um, did this movie become a, a big thing? Um, well, after nobody ever had to worry about PC load letter coming up again. Mm, okay. So I had heard about this in college. My freshman year at college, uh, a couple people on my floor had talked about movies because I said, like, yeah, I like movies, whatever, you know, my casual, casual conversation that I couldn't come up with something fun or clever to talk about. And this person was talking like, oh, uh, you've seen Office Space, right? It was like, I have no idea what the hell that is. So no joke, they grabbed the VHS tape and said, we're watching it right now. And this was like a week into school, my freshman year. So I was like, okay, I guess we're going to watch this movie and we're going to be friends and hang out. So we pop in the movie and right off the bat, I knew I was in for something special because that traffic scene and keep in mind at that point i hadn't even really worked all that much i was a bus boy at a uh, now closed pizza italian place and i was very familiar with traffic though you know i've been in chicago traffic and it was one of those things where it's like yeah you change lanes that lane's going to slow down for sure and so i just thought it was like a, a nice clever way to start out the movie and yeah, that's how I, I heard about it. What about how many times you've seen this movie? Oh, so many, so many. Like there's a certain amount of movie. There are a certain number of movies for me that like I would 
I want to say watch at work, but yeah, no, totally watch at work. Like whenever I'm doing like menial tasks or something, or want like some background music, I can put on a movie that I've seen a million times and just zone through and go. And normally at, at this point, like I've bought those movies in a few different versions, including on like um, iTunes um, shout out to our people listening on Apple. Um, but yeah, no, totally own it on iTunes have watched it a million times, including today because I was totally, uh, uh, stoked to talk about it, but yeah, um, I can't even count too many times. I wouldn't say it's in the triple digits for me, but I've seen it a lot of times and, you know, just hanging out with friends, just a, a movie to put on. That was definitely a college movie that we would watch and just laugh about, uh, for me. I watched it tonight. It was our family dinner movie night. So we, we just did that before the uh, podcast. And I asked permission for my family, like, hey, can we watch Office Space? I'm reviewing that on uh, the podcast today. And luckily, my wife and my oldest were just fine with that. And really, you know, with the amount of times that I've watched this movie, I might say that it might be like, I mean, maybe 50, maybe 50 times, which is, is a good. I could, get in, I could get those numbers down. I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there. What about, you know, since this is a work related podcast, you know, happy Labor Day, everyone. Um, have you had any jobs that are very similar or made you feel like you were back at that job again watching this movie? I mean, there's there's a couple like ridiculous bosses that i've had over the years you know that that micromanage or think that they are uh that, that, that they just kind of pass around duties um i've i've been in a couple companies that have been either purchased or or shifted around so i've met with a few of the bobs um and had honest conversations um which are super fun and i've totally do my my channel peter moment in those because you know i i I specifically remember one um that i knowing like literally walking in the door to the meeting knew that there was no chance i was accepting any offer they took i was like (laughs) give me those severance dollars baby let's go I have a feeling and, um, I know which I, you might, you about. might, you might, but it was, it was super fun to like, just engage candidly. And it felt like they were like really surprised and listening and things. Um, and I was like, man, I should have just been a jerk. So I could have got the hell out of here quicker, but it was super fun. Just to be like, you know, I'm glad you asked me that. Let me tell you about this. I'm pretty lucky. I haven't had that specific type of office work culture. A lot of my jobs have been a little bit more active and a little bit more um, lax, if you will, in terms of that. I've been in a few different structures to where it's certainly you have the the micromanaging boss and everything, but I I don't think it was ever as bad as Peter had it in this movie. I feel Uh, like it's a due paying experience, right? Like, if you're going to work in, an, in a corporate setting, you're going to have a few in a text on your, on your radar. 
or on your resume until you get to a place where it feels like they don't treat you like that. And that's where you just stay. You just, you just stay. So I've, I've been fortunate enough to find the ladder, but like, oh man, I've got a, I've got a, uh, got a long list and a a large collection of name tags and hairnets. During college, uh, this movie actually inspired me to write a screenplay. Um, And I happened to be, you know, that the the few classes that I had with media studies and um, communications and all that stuff. Another one was being able to write a screenplay. So I wrote one with this movie in mind and kind of cross-referenced Family Guy. So essentially it was like almost like a sitcom-ish office space type of movie, except set in a retail situation. And the place that, I can't even remember the name of the title of it. Was it Clerks? um, It was very similar to like a Clerks type thing. But um, the movie, or I'm sorry, the screenplay that I wrote about in terms of the place that it was called was like spot on. If anyone could add two and two together, they could realize, oh, you're talking about your job. And all the characters were people from from that particular job. And so the place uh, in the screenplay was called United Bargains. So anyone who knows my work past or in the Chicagoland area, you'll know what United Bargains can be if you just use your brain. And so it started getting a little too real for me because all it was was like 12 pages of me just shitting on everyone that I worked with, or at least the the, uh, situations that arose in that, um, in the job. So I had to create another character and it was like a six foot seven mouse that came from behind the refrigerator of the break room in the screenplay. And so it was just like almost like a silent Bob character, but people that would go into the break room, the mouse would just casually be in there and everyone would just be accepting of it. So a little bit of my creativity and way to break the uh, almost suicidal seriousness of, of how awful it was working at that job. But um, yeah, I have a feeling that you had a very specific colored polo at that job. I did. <clears throat> I did. And Normally, when they make you wear one color every day, it, it stifles creativity and positivity. So <laughs> good to yeah. know. Good to know. Yeah. No, no professional development at all. What? No fostering That's shocking. professional development. That's shocking. <laughs> but you bet that the only reason people stayed there was because of the other people that would also shit on each other at the job. So what can you do? But anyways, enough of my uh, aspiring screenplay. I wonder if I'll ever find it. Like, I'll, I'll send it to you one of these days. I'm, I'm so interested to read it. I, I feel like we could punch this thing up and it make would be it happen. Funny. It would be pretty oh, funny. But. I've got so many. I may have worked at a similar retail establishment that had multiple colors of polos, depending on what area you worked in um, or where you got sent that day. Um that I could add experience and, and, and area too. And we could just, yes. Well, Mark, why don't you tell me what is it you do here? <laughs> I, it, it depends on the day of the week. It depends on the day of the week. Oh, well, let's just jump right into the characters. Cause we're already dropping some office space references. 
Uh, let's go over our main character, Peter Gibbons. I had never seen Ron Livingston in a movie before, and I never want to see him in another one because this is the role he was born to play. This is how I want to see him, remember him, and enjoy him forever. I never heard about him before either, and I was I was really skeptical. I was like, who the hell is Ron Livingston? The name just sounds like an old dude from like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised, and I will watch anything that Ron Livingston is in. Um, I have watched other things that Ron Livingston has been in, but you know what? I really don't remember a whole lot of them. Like, what were they, though? I know he was in Band of Brothers, but, like, yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think of what else Ron Livingston has been in. And, like, I can totally watch Band of Brothers. Like, that's not a stretch. But, like... But there's so many people in Band of Brothers that you forget. Yeah, it, it's just, like, you know, they all got helmets on. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. The Conjuring was one that I was like, oh, cool. Peter, man. Yeah, never. Never saw that one. I'm I'm a big horror person, so I've seen all the good and shitty and even worse horror films. But what do you what did you think about his overall just depression going into work? I've had that job. I totally feel it. Like you're just like uh, that job where you wake up in the morning, and you're just like, I really wish I could go somewhere that's not here. Like I've totally felt that. And gone back for a good amount of time, and been like, ugh. And luckily, that is in the past, right? And it's it's a an experience that I look back on as a as a learning experience. But I have felt that way and had to get out of bed and be like, just you got you got to do it. you. I, oh, it sucks, I know. And then had the drive, right? The daily commute that was the same every day, having to spin through and try and get through traffic, right? Like all that. Um, because you don't want to go in, you're constantly running late because you're trying to find excuses to not go in. And then you end up just like, you know, racing the buzzer to get in, which brings in the traffic scene. You know, um, I even do the Michael with like the, the super loud music that, you know, you got to like turn down when you're at a stoplight because it's probably inappropriate for you to listen to it. Um, I do that. Shout now. out to the ghetto boys, by the way. This soundtrack uh, just gets me. And uh, damn, it feels good to be a gangster was my cell phone ringtone for at least three years. Now, I love that soundtrack. And uh, let's just talk about that a little bit. So I'm not a big fan of popular music being in movies, but you the know, Ghetto what? Boys isn't popular. Yeah, music. that wasn't even popular music, but it became popular, which is it awesome. did. But it's like underground popular. It's not like everybody's rocking the Ghetto Boys, right? And the Biz Marquee version of the Johnny Paycheck song uh, when he does Take This Job and Shove It is fucking great. That's the most popular song in the movie, really. It's so much fun. And just the songs that they use for everything. So, like I said, let's let's kind of go into that a little bit more. So when you are watching the movie for the first time and they take the printer out to the field how freaking awesome was that oh so good so good i had played that song so many times in high school just blasting on my stereo and i was one of those kids that would just drive around and if it was still if it wasn't so goddamn hot in florida i would probably just drive around and blast music all day long um but 
got kids and it's, you know, it's 95 degrees most yeah. of the time. So. My car yells at me that I should roll up the windows when I have the air conditioning on. It's an eco <laughs> tip. So, you know, trying to be green, trying to That's be green, awesome. but spent many years with, um, with, you know, 270 air conditioning and both windows down, go as fast as you can. It'll get cool in the car. The only song that I think that you could have brought in that was a popular song would be like NWA straight out of Compton. And yeah. then that would just been hilarious to me as but well. You, but they didn't, they didn't have money, right? They didn't have <laughs> money for music. You know how much straight yeah. out of Compton would have cost them? Um, yeah, no, I, I thought that what they did by reaching out to these groups that were super, super on the low and then getting the, 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 the like uh, flamenco music, which as a band nerd, I was like, yeah, a little, little, little horns in there. It's, it's super awesome. Like I, I was a big fan of the score, the whole thing. And it's, it's so different than like what you see in movies now and the seriousness and all that, or like the high end popular music. This is just like a niche little soundtrack that I, I definitely think is awesome. Um, and I'm sure that many people um, acquired this music through means that are frowned upon. Oh, I, I can probably say that I downloaded it on Morpheus, Kazaa, Napster, all of them. After you already own the CD, though, right? Because oh, it's perfectly legal to, to gain digital copies of something that you own in physical media. Of course. I, I'm not I, a lawyer, so I can't say that that's true. I but that's just what CD. I assume. That's just what I assume. I would never pirate music. Never. Intellectual property is sacred. Nor would anyone from our generation pirate Never. music. I don't know what you're talking about. Hashtag I'm serious. Hashtag don't come looking. Hashtag it's all behind me. Hashtag we have no money. So don't yeah. come after uh, us. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we got kids. We have no <laughs> money. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, loved the music in this. And the cast is so good. And there's so many just random unknowns in this movie, except for one person. Fucking Jennifer Aniston. Who you're like, Rachel? What what's going on here? And she was in this movie like literally 15 minutes before Friends. So there's a few people between Peter and Joanna, the, the two main characters, as to who could have potentially been in the cast so the studio wanted matt damon for peter and one of the people that they wanted for joanna was uh, kate hudson which i'm okay with that, that would have mm. been cool although matt, da- matt damon can do no wrong i would have loved him in anything but ron livingston rocked this so. yeah i think matt damon is not laid back enough for it i heard they offered it to affleck um which again i don't need to see shannon hamilton's office space <laughs> like I'm good. Um, and I think that Jennifer Aniston in this movie doesn't have great chops. So she's not like good. She fits in with the rest of the cast as like probably her most ap- most apathetic performance, but I'm okay with that. Like that's, she's not playing an established adult. She's playing somebody who, you know, doesn't want 37 pieces of flair. Cause that's what I... the Nazis did. Yes, <laughs> I use that. I use that quote once in a in in a um, in probably too too high of company, and it didn't <laughs> go well. 
they made the Jews wear them. Yeah. <laughs> so I I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but I am not a fan of Jennifer Aniston at all. Not even during Friends. Not even at the peak of her popularity. Everyone loves her now. Um, and I just I never was wowed by her. I don't think I seek out things that she does, but I have appreciations for movies that she's been in. Oh, you like know, Leprechaun. No, not at all. I can't uh, remember any other movie that she's been in besides like favorite, the Miller's favorite actor in Leprechaun is Warwick Davis, who played the <laughs> Leprechaun and Wicked the Ewok and fucking Willow. Um, yeah, Warwick Davis, amazing shout out, friend of the podcast. Um, didn't love her in like horrible bosses or office Christmas party. Those oh, that man that just came out. Um, she was awesome in horrible you bosses. Just, like... You just liked that she was naked for most or not or scandally clad in that movie. But I, I liked We Are the Millers. I thought she was very good in that. Um, I absolutely loved her in the breakup. She may have been one of the best female leads in an Adam Sandler movie. Nah, Drew Barrymore, 51st Dates. Yeah. She may be the second best leading lady in any any Adam Sandler movie. Uh, Adam Sandler, Jack and Jill. (laughs) Adam Sandler was the best female lead. Definitely not. I don't know what movie you're talking about. Keith Beckinsale, maybe, in in Click. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Super underrated movie, by the way. With those two as your main characters... Um, I'm not even that sold on the main characters. I think the rest of the gold of this movie is around all the supporting characters. Oh, I think the whole movie is a cast of supporting characters. That's what makes it great. It's like, it's like going to a local playhouse and seeing like all of the, the veteran grizzled stage actors where none of them are like the star, but all of them are just really strong. Yeah, for sure. And from dodgeball fame, Stephen Root is Milton. The poor mm. guy, Milton. Oh man. I I I have a love-hate relationship with this with this <laughs> character. Um, mostly love now. But um yeah, no, we're, you mean you're talking about you're talking about Dale Dotry and Buck Strickland. You're talking about a guy that did so much King of the Hill with Mike Judge, and he just continues to show up in things. What did you think of Milton as a character and like all the hate and shit that he just got from everyone else? He's that guy that's been beat up. Milton is the result of staying. That's what Milton is. Serenity now, insanity later. That's Milton. Do you think Kevin Malone from The Office is similar to Milton in this movie? No, Kevin Malone's just a moron. (laughs) And, and Milton is not. I don't think, I think Milton is just introverted and beat down and, and, you know, they don't talk about the quality of Milton's work. They just, true, you true. know, if you, to your best guess though, do you think he's, he's a moron like Kevin is not, not on the level of Kevin. Okay. No, Milton could not be a town bartender. I don't think he's a barkeep. I don't think Milton has a great chili recipe. I don't think uh, there's any Kalevin going on. I don't think he's putting anybody's sunglasses in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, the, the stove. I don't think that's happening. 
No okay. revenge for Milton, uh, except he burned his plate to the ground. Um, that was a boss move, man. Ridiculously dangerous, but a boss move. But speaking of bosses, Gary Cole as Bill Lumberg. This guy right here in my background. Look at that face. That is executive leadership all the way. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. And uh, this is the <laughs> last guy you'd want to be your boss, that's for sure. Oh, man. Even my wife was just like, this guy's awful. And this was her first time watching it. And she was just like, wow, this guy's this guy's a jerk. I was like, well, this is what yeah. you're in for. Yeah, no, that's it. Welcome to Working World. Had a bunch of those bosses. Oh, man. And how many of them are named Bill? So many terrible bills out there. Oh, Lumberg. Oh, man. But Gary Cole, I got to praise him just because his acting range is just awesome. I love Gary Cole in like every movie he's in. Like, I love all of his characters except this one, right? Because nobody roots for Lumberg. Um, But like Ricky Bobby's dad. He was uh, the guy in um, in in he was the the uh, um, Cotton McKnight in Dodgeball. Uh, a lot of Dodgeball rebounds in this movie, um, but he's he, I just like him. I like Dude, him. I like him a lot. Mike fucking Brady. He played Mike Brady in the Brady Bunch and the Very Brady sequel. We just recently watched that as a family. Those movies so good. They if are. you watch the Brady Bunch girl, you've never seen him before. No, I've seen him and I love him. Oh, oh okay. All right. I thought you said, or uh, really, but, um, oh, if you are a Brady Bunch fan, please, if you've not already watched those Brady Bunch movies or rewatch them, they're still good. They hold up to this day. It's so funny, but yeah, Lumberg. Oh God. I don't know how many people I've talked to that would just like randomly say something like, oh, well, Lumberg fucked her. <laughs> it's just for no reason, just uh, set it in line. And everyone just laughs about it. And such a such a good character, such a piece of shit human being. And if you think about it, though, probably the poster child of passive aggressive management in the workplace but what Have about you ever the experienced guys... passive aggressive leadership in the workplace, Dan? I mean, come on. I've done passive aggressive leadership. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Kind of have to in, in some cases, because some people are just, you know, I don't, I don't condone it. As a matter of fact, I try not to do that now. Um, and I'm not really in a position of leadership, but. Sounds like there's a good reason there, Bill. No, it's it, it's because because uh, there's no no one to lead. There's no one to lead. That's all. <laughs> That's the it's just the structure. It has nothing to do about my my coworkers. But no, the um the big thing is just like I could relate so much to Peter, and even now to this day, it's like man, bosses just freaking suck. Like they're so awful. But this guy, he does it so well in the sense that like you can't go to hr on him because he's that much of a master of like being polite sipping on his coffee okay you know just that type of 
delivery where it's like you can't get him in trouble. He's just talking. You know, one of the one of the biggest Lumberg tells is the outdated dress clothes. <laughs> like if you've ever worked with somebody who wears like a decade is a, a decade ago's top fashion look a lot. Like now if you're in the office and you've got a, a manager who wears like some baggy suit coat pants and mm-hmm. like some wide shoulders, that's a Lumberg, bro. With Lumberg though, there's uh there's a couple of people that take them down a few pegs. And the next character I want to talk about is John C. McGinley as one of the Bobs. And and, oh. and let's let's lump the Bobs together because I feel like you can't have one Bob without the other. While John C. McGinley is definitely the top build actor <clears throat> scrubs uh, in this. And, and he has uh, gone on to do amazing things. You can't leave Paul Wilson out of it, right? Can't leave the other Bob out. Um, but I, I kind of shared my Bob experience or Bob's experience. Have you had a Bob's experience in the past? Yes. I guess I just never really read that much into it. Part of it, me was just like the, the naive type of like, everything will be fine. Everything's good. I mean, everything was fine, right? Everything was fantastic. Yeah. It could have been way worse. Yeah. But um, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, like I was I was Michael Bolton in that scenario. It's like, hey, man, you got to watch out for yourself. You've been flaking out with work. <laughs> and I was I was in Michael. Bolton's I don't know who you could have been that. telling that to. I don't know. Oh, oh, God. So ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. the Bobs. I loved their interactions with everyone because I'll take this one, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh the, the pleasure's all on this side of the table. Yeah. There so John C. McGinley, just the way that he carries himself. He's another actor, not like a Hollywood A-lister, but you put him in any cast, mm-hmm. he will nail the role. One hundred percent. And I loved his just kind of buddy buddy bullshit conversation with people was so hilarious when you have the michael bolton thing where you know i gotta be honest i'm a michael bolton fan (laughs) i celebrate the man's entire catalog yeah but that must be twice as hard for you though having the same name and all oh i love it i guess i kind of like them all (laughs) you can call me mike you can you can call me mike (laughs) michael bolton jesus christ so the bobs and their interaction with uh, with Michael and then also with Peter. And they're just eating it all up. And that's the funny thing about their whole role is the, the consultants. And just like, I just don't think he's been challenged enough. Nope. I don't think. <laughs> that's a that's a straight shooter with middle management written all over him. <laughs> I'll take this one, Bob. Oh, oh good stuff. <laughs> so Tell me more about how you use these TPS reports. <laughs> so there is uh, a former coworker that I had that would almost completely ruin any movie that I liked. And one of the things that he would talk about was I've got a meeting with the Bobs because I used to work for a couple of Bobs, no joke. And he would just say that randomly. And it wasn't even like the funny ha ha random it's the 
what do I do with that random line that you just dropped? You know, it's from one of my favorite movies and you just made it not funny. What do I do? And he just kept on doing it for the years that I worked with him. See, I would have thrown something back at him though. Like I would have asked him, well, make sure that everything you say, you bring it back to, is this good for the company? I, I just never want to re like just react or don't engage. Any don't engage. Type of satisfaction. I really do. So you treated him like Milton. No, no. Um, did, you tr- did you treat him more like Tom Simikowski? <sighs> more like Drew. You know what? Oh, he was man. more like Drew. Where like we've tried- all worked with a Drew. He tried so hard to be cool with everyone, and people were just like, "Okay, Drew, whatever." Such a great cast. Um, yeah. I, I want to talk about Peter's cronies, uh, Michael Bolton and, and Samir. Not gonna, uh, not gonna work here anymore. What's so hard about that name? Nae Nanaja, Nae Nanaja. Oh, yeah. That was I, like a, a cool dynamic between those three. Very well, fun. It was. A, it, it, they they fully accepted the. Um, just the the entirety of, of of adding diversity to the workplace right yeah like they they did that they and they and they leaned into it like yeah no they, they abuse indian programmers everybody does right and they've got the nerdy guy here and this guy and 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 i think that you know you can put peter into the the nerdy guy but he's like you know kind of close to there but um start with david herman who who has a long career who's been in you know, a bunch of stuff does a lot of voice work. Um, outside. Man TV is what I remembered him from. So it's oh, cool to see him. He's he's in a bunch of things that he was in. Uh, he did a bunch of voices on Futurama. Um, he did uh, some voice work on Bob's Burgers. Um, he does a lot of voice stuff. Um, but yeah, no, Mad TV definitely Idiocracy. He was the Secretary of State. That's a movie we should probably do at some point. Um, but yeah, he um, he. I don't know if you uh, if you ever played the video game uh, Dax and Jaxter, or Jack Jax and Daxter, but he was the uh, he was a voice there yeah. in that. Um, Never knew that he was the referee in Kicking and Screaming, an amazing sports movie with Will Ferrell. Um, I. Yeah have a favorite role of his what is it let's go it's not michael bolton it's not well that's my favorite role for him but my second favorite role is as jesus christ in mad tv skit of the greatest action story ever told where (laughs) brian callen as uh, arnold schwarzenegger as the terminator goes back in time to protect jesus christ (laughs) at the different phases of his life David Herman, um, I, just a lot of nostalgia there. So it was nice to see him in this movie again. As much as I like this movie, it's been probably about 10 years, maybe even more since I've seen it, because my wife hasn't seen it. And usually we watch all the movies together. She's not seen it. So it's been over 10 years since I've seen this movie. Might even be 15. But yeah, Samir, I feel like this movie has so much more validity for me right now. Um than ever but love samir by the way i i i've always enjoyed this actor because he just jumps right into it and was absolutely killing it 
I loved him in Bad Santa. Where he was where he was just a he he had such a nameless role in that, but yeah, he was really good in it. The angry, the angry closeted guy that just yeah. tries to beat the shit out of Santa. <laughs> From Evanston, Illinois, by the way. So really? Yeah. Chicagoland area. There you go. Fantastic. You gotta love it when they show when when we when we get that. Speaking of a little bit of the Midwest and somewhere that I'm actually traveling to, uh, Ron Livingston is from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I am going to the lovely Cedar Rapids, Iowa area in just a f- short week. Well, you, I mean, so many things. It's it's the corn season out there. The corn is high. You got to get yourself a breaded pork cutlet sandwich in Iowa. That's a thing. It's, I want to. Uh, go to Des Moines, Iowa and get that Adam Emenecker sandwich that was on man vs. food. There you That'd go. Kind of cool. There you go. But anyway, my favorite, my favorite fantasy football kicker of all time went to the university of Iowa. Who would that be? Um, why don't I remember his name? <laughs> it's your favorite man. Hey, it's hey, some... hey, 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 hey. no, I got you. It is my favorite because I get so many of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, no, Nate Kading. Fantasy kicker uh, of the stars, go Hawks. But yeah, no, Nate Kading. Um, met him, got him to sign a ball. Uh, when I went to an event in Des Moines, Iowa, um, was he working Iowa at the City. diner? No, he was, he was the... doing a, he was doing a, an event at a store that I was, um, uh, managing. Um, not the store, but the event. I was doing something for a, an okay. old job. But um, cool. yeah, no, this was after he blew out his knee too many times and he couldn't get a job anywhere. And I'm like, you were my favorite fantasy kicker. <laughs> Not anymore. Are you, are you going to kick again next year? He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to pick you. Ball, if... <laughs> I was You're my go-to. You You're were. the last pick in my fantasy draft every year. <laughs> Diedrich hmm. Bader. Hey, Peterman. Breast exam. Channel nine. <laughs> Dude, I another actor that like you see in things and you're like, Oh, it's him. Um, like when he was in Jay and silent Bob strike back. Yeah. as the security <laughs> guard. Um, that's, that's yeah. I, I like seeing him things. He was in that new, um, um, masters of the universe revelations. Oh, was he really? Okay. Yeah. He was King Randor and trap jaw in that. And he's also been uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman in multiple animated films. Yes, he does. He does voice stuff, too. Speaking of lucky bastards, we've got Thomas Mikowski. Richard Reel as Thomas Mikowski. I liked him for the few lines that he had. He delivered them expertly. It was so awesome. I want a jump to conclusions, Matt, because of this. I, I, I thought that was... The absolute best joke when he's like, it's a mat that you put on the floor and you jump to conclusions. That's a terrible idea. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, that's that's I, a reference from this movie that I definitely make. Uh, I deal uh, with uh, the goddamn customers. So yeah. the engineers don't have to. I've got people oh. skills. I mean, if you've ever worked for a technology company. Uh, uh, it's, it's difficult to speak to engineers 
Um, so when you have people skills, it helps. It definitely helps. I don't know anybody that worked for a technology company or anything, but the rest of the characters in the movie, um, you had Alexandra Wentworth from In Living Color fame as Peter's girlfriend at the beginning of the movie. Uh, I had a feeling that she was cheating on him. <laughs> I had a feeling too, man. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm kind of happy that, not happy, it's mean to be happy about it, but um, definitely that the uh, the tchotchkes waiter uh um uh, uh with the 37 pieces of flair went on to get a gig on or, or was still doing his gig on barney when this came out he's credited on barney and friends from 1997 to 2000 wow scooter mcnutty what a terrible name for a character on a kid's show um and then he was in buffy for a good amount of time right he did some he did some buffy episodes and then he had orlando jones who was also super like he was the fucking but he was the seven up guy orlando yeah. jones man before um, it was pre seven up guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah Very i also cool. don't want to i also want to not forget michael mcshane um who i think is an awesome actor um, he was Dr. Swanson and he died at the beginning of the movie. Yes. But he's in so many good things. He was pretty funny in the in the few lines that he had. And and the fact that he's just ha- about to have like a massive heart oh, yeah. attack or stroke and he's just like sweating and deeper. Deeper, deeper. deeper. Way, <laughs> way down. <laughs> so awesome. Uh-huh. And the, just the deliver of the that's messed up, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. So today was today the worst the day worst of your day life. life. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh. And, and you can't forget about Mike Judge, who always inserts himself into the best of roles. And just how like ambiguous he was trying to make it seem like about the flair. Like there's the minimum amount of flair, which is 15 pieces. And I, I just like the fact you can do the that, bare minimum, yeah. but some people like to do more, and we encourage that. You want to express yourself, right? Uh, you just want to jump into the TV and just punch them, like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, we've man? all had that boss, though. Yeah, that was our first retail. That was everybody's first retail boss, who was just like, "I'll put your name tag on the right side of your shirt, not the left side of your shirt." I'm fucking wearing a name tag. Shut up. <laughs> what did you think about the Superman three plot? I think it's hilarious that they decided to just uh, dig into something that was terrible. Like you, you have a movie that's, uh, you know, I mean, we love this movie. It is a well-loved cult classic, but when it came out, it was not good. Much like Superman three. So I just love that. It was just like the, the nerdy things that nerds talk about being on the nerdy side myself, right? And just like, oh, we could totally do what was in that movie. It's so realistic. We could do that, right? Like like somebody wanted to get a little desktop computer and a and a swiper to to pick a uh, an ATM like they were in Terminator 2. Oh yeah, no, it's just hacking. You need because obviously when you swipe a magnetic strip through something, you have consistent loop access to it. But no, it totally makes sense, man. 
I love justifying the random movie plot into this. Like I could, I could screw them for everything. So for the record, I really enjoy Superman three. It might be my favorite Superman movie. <laughs> wow. Cause I like Lana Lang. I like the actress um, that plays her. And I, I just liked her a whole lot more than Lois Lane. And um, Richard Pryor was in it. Who was freaking hilarious as well too. And I, I just yeah, liked but the that, whole plot was terrible. Yeah. It was fun. It was super fun to me. Was and it? That, that was one of my f- movies that I would put on repeat when I was younger as well. You had the rockets shooting at Superman, like a video game. Just a lot of fun. Did You didn't get, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Superman without Lex Luthor. Yes. Yes. I liked, I, well, I keep in mind, I was very young at the point. So when I was watching these movies, I wanted the most entertaining thing. And I felt like the other Superman movies there was like the downer parts to where Superman is chained up and shit happens to him here. Superman goes full blown alcoholic and starts treating people like shit, which is hilarious. And so, yeah, I liked it. And that was that background of Superman, like the evil version of Superman drinking shots uh, at the bar with the full bottle. That was like my windows background for, a good couple of years. Did you know that the, one of the same writers from the Godfather worked on the story for the original Superman, Mario Puzo. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. He wrote Superman one and Superman two, but when it got to Superman three, for some reason, old Mario, they brought in Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so someone else like just crazy. Uh, David uh, and Leslie Newman. Uh, I wrote that one. I don't know. I'll, I'll still say that, that that's a guilty pleasure. I know the movie is pretty horseshit, but I recently watched it maybe like six months ago on a flight and I enjoyed every minute of it. I always wonder what people think when I'm watching some of these movies because I could be watching like the recent current movie on the little screen, but instead i downloaded something on my phone to watch and it's superman (laughs) three no i used to i used to travel with a with a tablet too and i'd put all kinds of random shit on there like i said i'd have office space on there um yeah no i once watched the movie pilot with denzel on an airplane or no flight 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 and i quickly was like this probably isn't good juju to watch this on a plane but i finished it because john goodman's amazing in that movie um that's another one we could talk about all day later have you seen that which one again flight i've seen most of it most of it that's never a good thing when somebody says they've seen most of a movie yeah oh man so i gotta ask right the superman 3 plot didn't go quite right because you know uh michael messed up you know one of those little must put a zero in the decimal point in the wrong place mundane details some mundane details if you're Peter, do you keep the money? Dude, I would like to think that I would, but I'm so paranoid and I'm too much of a good citizen and too much of a guilty conscience to not 
continuously look over my shoulder thinking the cops or the FBI are going to get me at any moment. So I, I don't think I could have kept the money. What yeah. about you? No, I, I definitely wouldn't. I, 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 I don't think, I don't know. I don't even know if I'd have the balls to go through with the initial, the initial heist for the, the FBI reasons, right? Yeah. I got yeah. kids, man. I mean, and 300 grand isn't even that much. You know, that's, that's not a whole lot of money. And that's how much that they had, like three hundred and twenty six. Three hundred grand in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, split three ways though. Yeah, Still, yeah, not a lot of money. So, so overall, with the movies, what was your favorite scene? That's so hard, right? Because you want to say the 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 fax machine scene. Yeah, right. But that's everybody's favorite part of this movie. I I I've got to think that that um. For me, it's the um, the the just the kind of opening where they're going back and forth. PC load letter. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that might be my favorite line in the entire movie. I I want to say it's when they're talking to the lawyer. Uh, Samir and Michael are talking to yeah. the lawyer. <laughs> Minimum security prison is no picnic. I have a client in there now. And he says, the trick is either kick someone's ass the first day or become someone's bitch. (laughs) I think that is like ingrained in every person's brain now because that's what every movie that you see, they either kick someone's ass or or they become become someone's bitch. bitch. Yeah, no. And they got the token Johnny Cochran looking dude to be in it, right? Like, yeah. Oh, and Michael a, like a, flips out. He's like, "Oh, no reason why like uh, a cup of ice just goes everywhere." And uh, um, yeah, I, I would say like that little barbecue scene is really fun because then, then you also have one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, which is right there in my background, Lumberg in the nightmare. Uh, it's just so funny, so funny. Th- hip thrusting, mid sip with his with his coffee, just. So many good times. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite scene? I I think I don't know. Like, there's not a lot of negativity in this movie. It's it's all pretty solid. I, I think as much as I love Orlando Jones, I could have they, they could have cut that out of the movie. The whole uh, um, you know, I'm an addict. Please help me. You know, where he's totally doing Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and, and yeah. they could have just completely cut that, and I would have missed it, right? I would have been like, I wouldn't have been like, oh, it's a Seven Up guy. Um, I would have just been like, yeah, no, they they came up with a plan. I did not like the scene with Jennifer Aniston, uh, Ron Livingston, and um, the waiter from Chashkis uh, at the at the very end when he's like, get a room, you too, and he gives him the middle finger. I was like, well, I could have done without that, and. Just uh, he was just making fun of Jennifer Aniston for expressing herself. Yeah, yeah you but... know the bird. That's it, though. That's it, man. I, I think that's uh, I overall. Um, I want to ask if you can do this all day. So, I used to really be able to do this movie all day. Um, I probably could pick it up and watch it again at any point, like it. It, it has happy memories. It's got a good soundtrack, but I'll be realistic and say, I don't do this movie all day anymore. 
Um, and it may be due to the fact that I don't have like a, a job that I absolutely dread getting out of bed for. But at the time, definitely did this movie all day. I can do this movie all day. Uh, this movie is probably just as funny as when I first saw it. Uh, I just relived just a few hours ago and I was laughing at the same points. My son was laughing at points too, where he's like, Oh yeah, you're picking up on some of these jokes. That's awesome. And I I don't know, man, that nostalgia factor is very high for me. Oh, that's why I'm saying like, I could watch this movie all the time, but like, can I do this all day? Meaning can I whip this out any day and watch it? And it's just like, I feel like if I did that again, if I if I watched it at the rate that I used to, it might get old. Like okay. it might lose some luster, and that's the last thing I'd want. Fucking something that brings me joy to do. So that wraps up our office space uh, uh, review. Uh, Dan can do this all day, even though he hasn't watched this movie in ten years. But I guess it's going to become a regular rotation for him. And, and me, I can do it some days, but. But every day is asking a lot for something that I want to keep cherry on the shelf, right? This is one you got to you gotta board it and box it and keep it, you know, pull it out only on special occasions. Uh, it, it, like those days where you have a really bad Monday. Um, <clears throat> but we promised extra special Labor Day content here. And we're going to pivot from one movie and talk about a few more that we, uh, that we picked that we really enjoy. Um, to 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 zone out and and either make fun of or enjoy work related content so um we each picked five movies we didn't discuss these movies at all so you're gonna hear our general dismay or enjoyment of each other's picks um dan i'm gonna let you go first with your number five number five pick on my work related movies 40 year old virgin it's just a Great movie to me and one of my top picks just because of the fact that you got a hilarious take of a character by Steve Carell and also my favorite, favorite appearance in the movie, Kevin Hart in probably the best two minutes in the entire movie and his interaction with Jay at Smart Tech. What about you, man? What's your what's your number five? So I had to go old school here. I had to go way back way, way back, um, and, and pick a movie that has uh, um, an accompanying song that very much defines how much I hate going to work, and that is uh, the Dolly Parton classic, 9 to 5. Have you ever seen this movie? I have not. I've heard the song plenty of times. The cast is amazing. You got Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, and Jane Fonda, um, all powerhouse female actors from from you know the 70s and uh, uh there's a lot of boss hijinks and just a lot of uh a lot of hilarity and getting back at the man uh so big big fan of this movie um and um the the uh the the song was at one point like a a solid um alarm clock song for me um until it just kind of uh, now i just hate the opening because it used to wake me up hmm. um but no solid movie definitely recommend um great danby coleman role in this one if you know uh, if you're familiar with the actor um he was in like tootsie and war games and you've got mail um quintessential 80s actor 
uh, in a bunch of things. So loving it. What about your number four, Dan? Number four, all-star cast based off of the play, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, just a really great movie in terms of performances. Fantastic delivery by Alec Baldwin, along with uh, Lemon is Shelley Levine. Just really, really great. And yeah, I mean, no one in this movie put in a bad performance. So just I, a, I really liked it. It is an all star cast. That's an honorable mention for me. Did not make my top five, but some of the best sales training quotes you'll ever have. Yeah. You'll have ABC, man. Everybody knows ABC. I've always wanted to walk into a, a training with a pair of black brass balls, but I feel like I get in trouble for that now. You know, first place is a Cadillac. Second place is steak knives. Third place, you fired. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. Really great stuff. What about yours? Um, my number four is, uh, is, is it's not modern, but it, it, it goes to kind of a, more of a, a, a Joe job uh, um, and, and camaraderie in the workplace movie with a bunch of um, no name at the time actors. And that's waiting Ooh. with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Could you pull off the bat wing, Dan? I have. I have. I'm scared to know about it now. I'm going to have to call <laughs> HR. I'm going to have to call HR. <clears throat> Allegedly, that may have happened. Allegedly. Allegedly. Actually, that's, that's one of my, well, you know what? I'll, I'll save it because uh, I might have that movie on my list. Oh, yes. No. Love that movie. Love Ryan Reynolds in it before he got like super huge and just um, a cast that just, that that's a movie that consistently delivers the only good Dane Cook movie because he does barely talks in it. There are other, well, one other good Dane Cook movies. Is, is um, it Good Luck Chuck or Employee of the Month? Which one? No, uh, my best friend's girl. Okay, yeah, that one's love that well. That's because that that that's because Pie Fuckers in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we're on number three. Number three. Number three, if you've listened to previous episodes, during one of my speech communication classes, I did a monologue from this movie, and it was by Ben Affleck. I'm talking about Boiler Room. Just testosterone-filled, you know, with this movie made me want to go check out being a stockbroker. And then I realized, I don't want to do that shit. I just want to make a lot of money and, and dress and nice clothes and drive a nice car. And even then I didn't even really want to drive a super nice car. I just wanted to drive, or I'm sorry, dress in nice clothes, but uh, Giovanni Ribisi, really solid performance there. And you kind of, you know, he's the unassuming main character to where he's not like the best looking dude in the entire bunch, but just his sheer will and drive to be a hustler with having his own casino and running out of his apartment and then deciding to just, you know, take down marks in the stock market game. Really cool. And a young Vin Diesel before he was fast and furious. When he had hair. Yes. Yes. When he had hair. This is my number three as well. And the reason I felt comfortable leaving Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross off the list. 
I feel like this is the modern take on Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Agreed. The, yeah. the, the Ben Affleck speech is amazing. See the smile on my face ear to ear, baby. I'm liquid. Like so much just bullshit that it's, it's, it's a must watch sales movie for, for anybody out there that has any sales related jobs. It's, it's so fast and dirty in the sales references and, um, yeah, no, definitely a big fan. I bet you this made you watch Wall Street and Wall Street 2. Funny enough, I've never seen Wall Street or Wall oh. Street 2 in its entirety. Oh, I've never gone from start to finish. Man. I should watch it, though. Probably. I should. I probably yeah. would like it a whole lot. Mm. That That Wall Street is another honorable mention for me. Not on my list, but but it's just because it's aged poorly and I never got into the stock market, right? But so many good, like, stock-related jokes in Wall Street. Oh, man. I love that we have the same number three. What's your number two? Number two is a sequel, and it is Clerks 2. Ooh. Clerks 2. So this might be a little controversial, but obviously everyone knows the classic clerks by kevin smith um i really really enjoyed clerks too because there's plenty of fan service um it was in color and i felt like (laughs) yeah that was a big one for me uh i felt like there wasn't just inside jokes and uh downer throughout the entire thing there was ridiculousness along with like a feel good story with Dante and Becky kind of getting together and, you know, she's pregnant and they decide to, to stick it out with each other and everything. It was just a a feel good type of movie for me in the sense of these people are coming of age. And at the time when that movie came out, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of becoming more mature sort of maybe. And uh, one of the things that I loved about the song and I, I, if there's one thing I remember about the, I'm sorry, about the movie is one song. And the song is 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins, where Dante is just remembering about like the good times of stuff. And it's like, man, that's a, that's an awesome song. And just like a, a really cool moment because I really love that song when I was in junior high. So it really strung um, or hit a chord with me. And I was like, yeah, this movie's better than the first clerk. So, yeah. So emo Danny really liked the smashing loved pumpkins. It. Loved it. Loved it. Loved Love it. it. Loved I, I, I'm, I'm, I am a big Kevin Smith fan. Uh, I'm sure that we will foreshadow to more Kevin Smith talk on future podcasts. Um, you know, maybe sooner than later, never know. Um, but I, I, at number two, have the original clerks. OG Randall and Dante. Um, it's a great in, movie in dirty black and white with the Chulies gum guy and, and the, the old guy who needs the pornography and the salsa shark. Um, just, just all of it. Uh, it, it. Ain't nothing better than OG clerks for me because I mean, once you've worked in a convenience store, it, it definitely just, you meet all of the fucking pieces of garbage in the world. Um, along with some really great people, I'm sure. But man, it, it just having done that job for a little bit of time in not nearly that location or or thing. Right. But man, um, love clerks. 
absolutely love clerks not mad at it i it's i understand that my my pick at clerks two in a top five work related movie is kind of not it doesn't make any sense but you know what man what makes me feel good is what i'm gonna pick and that's that's that's, something that the original clerks missed for me but Maybe we'll talk about when they, that. When they talked about the contractors on the Death Star, that's the thing that set it apart for me. I know yeah. that there was great Star Wars references in Clerks too, right? And they make fun of Lord of the Rings, which also is a fun thing that I like Loved to do. Loved it, yeah. Loved um, it. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely uh, uh, can't complain either way. I'd watch either one all day, all day, both of them on my phone for for uh, for background random noise, you know? Nice. So huge, huge fan. Huge nice, fan. Good stuff. So I think you're up with number one. Number one, I alluded to it earlier. It is the movie Waiting. Uh, so number one for me, because this was pretty much one of my first jobs just in a retail setting instead of restaurants. I had nothing but immature people working around me and for me. And it was one of those things where it was just like, all we did was fuck around. That's all we did. And we happened to make some money while doing it as well, too. So it was just a a nice comparison. And we had people just like the characters in waiting. You know, one of the one of the most memorable moments, moments, one of the most memorable moments that I have for my job is the fact that no one really took the job seriously. And when we did, we still didn't take it seriously. I was in a management position and I was taking phone calls and speaking to live customers and playing the meow game and throwing in random words as well, too. So how many meows have you gotten up to? Uh, nine, I think it was. Oh, I was trying that's... to do rookie keep in mind this is like a five minute phone call it's hard to get that in for a phone call mm, i don't know meow uh, but i did one of my one of my favorite ones was someone gave me a list of words to say and one of the things that was just ridiculous is i had to say the phrase the television show chips and so the job that i was working um, allegedly when I would help people, people would call us to help us or to help them with their specific product that they bought from us. And so we just had fun with it because it, it was such like peak summer season, like madness that people would just be like calling for no r- ridiculous reason. You could Google stuff. Why don't you just Google it? No, you want to call us. Right. And so I was talking to someone who's like, well, you know what? You want to just sit, let that settle, wait a little while, maybe put the TV show chips on and just like ridiculous things that would be thrown out there. And I would get the phrases out and people would just be dying laughing in the background. And then they, the customer would laugh on the phone as well too, which, Hey, it's a victimless crime. You know, Is we it? had fun. They did not take any offense to anything. And it was all good to go. No, I, is it bad that I still play that game now? The uh, <laughs> get a certain phrase into a meeting. I love game. it. I love it. I it's would still worth, do that now. 
but I, I literally do that. Dan, Dan, I did that on Friday. No, you didn't. You are nothing but a professional. In I, your I, 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 it, it, and I, I've, I've done that. I've, I have certain phrases with certain people that I'll try and work into a meeting to try and break them on camera. When they're when they're not the direct person in a in a conversation, so nice. I a hundred percent love that, and I still try and not take myself too seriously, um, which is the reason that I enjoy my number one movie, um, which is uh, kind of newer, not that newer. It's Up in the Air with Clooney and Anna Kendrick. It's I'm- not like a super fun movie, but it also is kind of a super fun movie. If you've ever traveled for business considerably, like for a long, a length of time, um, certain parts of this movie, like the system and the specific things that homeboy did that Clooney did on the way to the airport, the luggage, the whole thing, like I 100%, 100% traveled with those kind of uh, chops and had very specific things that I would try and do in every airport on the way through back, I can still get through a security line faster than anybody else. Um, and it's just like little things that I think about when packing and, and things like that. It's, it's just absolute nonsense and a huge waste of time, uh, uh, not waste of time, but a huge waste of mental space. But like I have, a, I'm, I'm a, um, my wife calls me a snobby traveler, which is fine. I totally am. Um, uh, but yeah, no, a, a, a great movie from that. Like I identified with it and it also, by the end of it, you realize that, man, this guy uh, paid way too much attention to his job and absolutely bombed his personal life. And I'm like, it's a good message. Don't, don't take work too seriously, you know, uh, make life uh, matter. It can be fun at first to be disconnected and to grow and to learn yourself out, but you could turn into uh, George Clooney which could be bad or could be good. You never know. I'll have to check the movie out. I've wanted to watch it, but I just never have. And my wife really had no interest. So maybe it'll be one of those work trip movies that I'll check out. Oh, it's a solid, it's a solid travel movie. It's a solid travel movie. So that one, that one for me, uh, uh, we'll have to talk about it. Um, Maybe, maybe off pod, um, you know, when you do check it out, but uh, definitely, definitely recommend. Um, I only had, so I had one more honorable mention that I think I've got to talk about because you talked about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And again, it didn't make my top 10. And, uh, and you, you called out a couple movies that I absolutely love and would, would throw on as, as honorable mentions there, but death of a salesman with, with Al Pacino is also an amazing movie. The Biff Lomax movie, the one they reference on Seinfeld all the time. Um, definitely a solid, a solid work movie, but man, those are some, you want to talk about, um, Oddly coming together on some movies and also just a great list of movies to celebrate your Labor Day and prepare to uh, to get rid of the Monday scaries, not the Sunday scaries. Um, Absolutely. And you know what? That is pretty much all my list. You know, you you had a a lot of my other picks, um, which was fantastic. But I want to thank each and every one of our listeners. And if you are listening to this on Labor Day. I hope you're enjoying your time off and hoping you're enjoying the entertainment that we bring you. But until next time, I'm Dan, the part-time adventure, and that's Mark, the resident Jedi. Hit us up. We're on uh, Twitter at ICD podcast. 
right? ICDT all day. ICDT all day. There we go. You can tell that I'm well prepared for closing this. Um, we're also on Instagram. I can do this all day. Podcast. Right? Podcast. There we go. Again, you could tell I'm totally prepared <laughs> for this. Um, I obviously randled the shit out of that. But don't forget to like, subscribe, download. You don't have to listen if you don't want to, but absolutely download. Set us on your phone. Set it and forget it. Uh, it doesn't matter for us, right? But we want to provide that entertainment. But, you know, you have a busy day. It's fine. You're, you're busy watching work movies. So um, like, subscribe, uh, uh, and, and we will be back. Happy Labor Day, everyone. We'll see you next time. Should we redo the back end of that? Maybe. Should we? Yeah, I don't know. Sucked. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Uh, that's okay. We're good. That's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy. You can leave that in too. Ah.